Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. I am still here bouncing around the mysterious state of Nevada. Some of the locals call it Nevada. Nevada. To me, Nevada seems more natural. But anyway, um, you know, yesterday uh, when I was at the casino that I was telling you about where I had my nice little win off of one quarter, um, the casino is called the Silverton and a really nice casino. They have this huge aquarium right when you walk in the front door. And, uh, and it's obviously a saltwater aquarium, uh, because you have stingrays and, you know, all kinds of interesting creatures like that swimming around. Um, and they, uh, they had a guy at one point during the day dressed as Santa Claus and he was down inside the tank with scuba gear on and all the kids would crowd up around him and he had a couple of uh, helpers uh, and I'm talking Vegas style, you know, helpers. These are some attractive ladies that are acting as Santa's elves today. And so um, they're swimming around and Santa is, um, I, I guess he has an earpiece or something. And so kids have a microphone outside and they can ask for, you know, whatever they want for Christmas, and then they get some kind of a response through Santa or his helpers, which, by the way, that's probably a really good way to play Santa Claus. Because when I was a teenager, I wrote an article that was published in the Asheville Citizen Times around um, Christmas time, and it was called I Was a Teenage Santa. And uh, I actually went to what was... Then the Biltmore Square Mall, um, which doesn't exist in the same way any, anymore, and they had a company that they would use, a national company, to hire Santa Claus every year. And so I went there, and I went through the actual training on how to be Santa. And there is a lot of training involved. I put on an outfit, and I was Santa Claus for the day. And for one thing, it's very uncomfortable being in that hot outfit. Um, I had a fake beard, of course, and so that was a really, you know, itchy thing, scratchy thing to have on my itchy face. Um, but the worst part of it was having kids sit on your lap. And for one thing, you know, when you're training, they, they tell you about, like, here's the appropriate way to pick up a child, and, and and not all kids are the same, if you haven't noticed that. Um, some are much bigger and heavier and uh, odder than others. And so you, you, you pick them up and you, you help them get on your lap one way or another, and then they're heavy, and they just sit there uh, breaking your, your thighs and telling you all these things that they want, and you're like... You're probably never going to get this stuff. It's probably never, but, you're, but you know, you can't say that. You're thinking it. You're, you're going, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's going to be there. That's going to be there. And then you have mom and dad or somebody like that off the side, you know, like trying to telepathically communicate 
the situation the family's in to you, like you're supposed to pick up on their vibes and you're supposed to explain what's going on. It's hard work. It really is hard work. And so at least when you are in the tank, when you are scuba Santa, you don't have to worry about kids coming up there and sitting on your lap. You're just kind of floating around there. I think he was there for two or three hours. Not too shabby to just float around in a tank for two or three hours. Probably very, very relaxing, in fact. And, uh, you know, he's got his helpers there. And he, he doesn't, you know, have to really engage that directly with anybody. So that was interesting. That's the kind of thing that you just don't see every day. Um, it's, a, it's a very vegas type of thing. And every year I find the whole concept of Santa Claus intriguing on its own because this is a kind of a supernatural figure that we all just are so familiar with that we don't even think twice about how magical this character called Santa Claus is. For one thing, you know, Santa Claus, as we know him, is directly based off of a Dutch character called Sinterklaas. And Sinterklaas, um, you know, Father Christmas type figure, I mean, he would wear a big, tall, red mitre, uh, which is where we get the kind of red pointy hat from, and a, and a red ruby ring, and he had, uh, you know, the big, long, white beard. He was the elderly statesman type. And he was based, as we all know, off of a very real man named St. Nicholas. And let me ask you a question right now, a little trivia question. And I'm going to pause and let you think about it for a second. Where do you think the real St. Nicholas was from? Because I bet you very few people would know the answer to this. So think about it for a second. Where was the real St. Nicholas from? As you're listening to this podcast with somebody else, take a minute, ask that person. All right. St. Nicholas was from what we now call Turkey. He was from Turkey, right over there around the Middle East. And um, which, you know, a lot of people in, in this country, especially, they think of Santa Claus as being of uh, that, you know, more um, – traditional, like, you know, European background because of the connection to Sinterklaas. So you don't usually think of him as uh, as coming from the area of Turkey. It said that he was a man who could do great, miraculous things. Uh, he lived at the age of 73. I don't remember how he died. But um, during his life, it was said that, you know, there were occasions when he could raise people from the dead, uh, when he could do things that remind me of how, you know, Jesus would take a basket with some fish and some bread and, you know, feed 5,000 people. He would do things where he would, like, tap into food supplies and then make them last forever. You know, there are all these kind of magical things that they say he could do, miracles. But he's best known because of this one story about this very poor man who lived in this town where St. Nicholas was uh, was ministering. And this man had three daughters. 
And at that time, now, we're, and by the way, we're talking like Santa Claus was born in the two, well, St. Nicholas was born in the 200s. So we're, we're, we're going back that far, the 200s. So at that time, in this town, if you had a daughter, you had to provide a dowry in order to make her uh, a more a, a suitable mate for a marriage. So you have to have a little treasure chest of some kind that comes along with your daughter. And if you don't have a dowry, well, then she's probably not going to get married. And if she's not going to get married, people are going to assume that she is a prostitute. But in many cases, they will be correct because she will be a prostitute. And that is because at that time, an unmarried woman had very little ways of making money on her own. So this is what we're talking about here. It's not a family-friendly, you know, kid-friendly type of Christmas story. But so this guy has these three daughters. Each one is gradually coming of age where he needs a dowry, but he doesn't have one. So St. Nicholas hears of his plight. And so one night, St. Nicholas comes by the house and uh, he looks in the window and he sees that uh, there's a stocking from one of the ladies hanging by the chimney. And so he plops a bag of gold suitable to be a dowry in that stocking. Does it anonymously, just comes in the night, you know. And of course, nobody, I mean, everybody's amazed at that time. Again, they have no idea who did it. Well, the second girl kind of comes of age. And again, he comes in the night. This time, he just tosses it in the window and she gets it. Now, at this point, um, for some reason, the father was getting suspicious that St. Nicholas might be the guy who's delivering these little goodies, so to speak, and and goes to St. Nicholas and asks him, and St. Nicholas denies it, goes, no, 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 absolutely not. So because this has happened twice before, the father thinks that he can predict when this generous person is going to pass by the house and throw another bag of goodies in the window or, or shove them in the stocking or whatever. And he's sitting up and he's waiting and he's watching and he wants to catch whom he is sure must be St. Nicholas. But St. Nicholas is such a smart man that knowing this, he, instead of throwing it through the window or whatever, like he'd done before, instead he tosses it up and down through the chimney. And so how how strange would that be? You're sitting there in the middle of the night and you hear, you know, like the sound of coins crashing and chinking when you go to the fireplace. Magically, here is this third uh, package of gold and silver. So you can see how that ties into the idea of Santa Claus coming in the middle of the night delivering gifts, putting things in your stockings, coming down the chimney. I mean, all that kind of stuff really does very directly go back to the stories of St. Nicholas. Now, the funny thing about all this is that we can hear these stories and we can find them entertaining and enlightening and inspirational. But 
I got to bring this up. I bring it up every year. Years ago, uh, I sent out an e-newsletter, and and hopefully you are a subscriber to my free e-newsletter. If you're not, please go to joshuapwarren.com, and you'll see a place to put your email address and the little bank to subscribe at the top. It's easy, it's quick, and you get these personal emails that are written directly sent from me to you. Okay, this is I don't have a secretary doing things. I don't have a ghostwriter. Uh I'm I just sit down, I write up an email and I hit send and it goes to you and thousands of other people. And I announce all kinds of interesting things that way that you might not usually know about. And so I uh so I sent out an e newsletter and I said that I would really like um, to be contacted by anybody, uh, an adult, um, who believes that he or she has actually seen Santa Claus. And I thought maybe I'd get a couple of goofy responses. But I was shocked that I received dozens and dozens of emails from people who were so sincerely grateful that I had asked this question in a serious manner. And they said, yes, yes, yes. This is not the kind of thing I can ordinarily talk about, but I have seen Santa Claus. And some people had seen him standing in the living room at night. Some people had seen him flying in the sky with his reindeer. Uh, some people had seen him walking in the snow outside. And, I mean, we're talking about, again, adults who have had this experience. And, by the way, it usually scares the crap out of them. Because, I mean, if you walk into a room of your house and there's there's a big dude sitting there dressed as Santa Claus, you're not going to think, oh, wow, Santa's real. No, you're going to think some insane man dressed as Santa Claus, has broken into my house and is going to murder me. This is his thing. You know, it's like John Wayne Gacy had the clown thing. As a matter of fact, when I was at Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum the other day, he had a display about a guy who used to dress up as Santa Claus and torture and kill people. And uh, I think he may have even had, like, the guy's actual Santa Claus suit there. I, I... some guy who was doing this in the 40s, I didn't, well, you move for that museum kind of quickly. It's a guided tour. So I didn't get all the details on that. But uh, then there's that movie. I think it might be one of the Tells from the Crypt movies or something like that, where the guy dresses as Santa Claus and is running around with a, an axe, chopping up this woman and various other people. So, yeah, if you see Santa standing there, you're not going to just, oh, what a wonderful, beautiful, magical moment this is. You're going to be terrified. And so it, it, it really stands out in your mind, and then Santa just disappears. So I think that what we have here is a really good case of a tulpa. And if you don't already know what a tulpa is, it's a long story. I don't want to get into it right now. I've talked about this on other podcasts. I've talked about this in other media. Um, 
I've written about tulpas extensively. I talk a lot about tulpas in my free online, or actually it's not, this is not free, uh, in my online paranormal course. I talk a lot about tulpas in there, but tulpas are basically thought forms that have become externalized and independent that either one person focuses on the image of something so vividly and so long that it literally takes on a life of its own, or a lot of people get together and collectively focus on a concept and the same thing happens, which would be more the case of Santa Claus. That, you know, we take take for granted, everybody knows about this guy named Santa Claus who's supposed to exist, right, in some form in our culture, in our fiction, in our literature, whatever. We all know what he roughly what he looks like and what he sounds like and what he behaves like. And we know all these things about him, where he lives and who he's married to and what his employees look like and how he operates and, and the names of his reindeer. I mean, we have all these details about this figure and we all know them so well that we, we pretend it's real. I mean, we tell kids like, no, this is real. So what do you think is a better candidate? than Santa Claus for a tulpa, some type of an externalized thought form that can become a part of this real physical world in some way. Uh, the movie The Apparition, the Warner Brothers film that I was a consultant on, um, that was another example of this concept, the Philip experiment that was done in Canada in the 1970s. Good example of this. So I think that the idea of Santa is a very paranormal thing. And as a matter of fact, if any of you listening to this podcast want to tell me about an experience that you've had with Santa and or his elves or reindeer or whatever, um, please go to joshuapwarren.com. And if you scroll down to the bottom there, you can email me. Um, speaking of my website, I want to remind you, I've, lost count a little bit. I don't know how many days. We only have a few days left if you're interested in taking my online paranormal course for uh, instead of $499, the usual $99. And one of the cool things about having an online paranormal course is that you can take it anywhere you are in the world. You don't have to leave your house. You just need an internet connection. And right now there are a lot of people around the eastern seaboard who are snowed into their house and they are just delighted that they are sitting there and taking my online paranormal investigator course on their computer for this special holiday discount of $99. Something else that I keep getting raves about, you know, when the big hurricane, I'm talking the big one, Maria, hit Puerto Rico, and I finally started getting reports from my friends there. Everybody was saying, man, I wish I had a sunshine simple solar generator. This is the most powerful solar generator for the price in the world, guaranteed. And same thing is happening now with all my friends on the East Coast who are getting so much snow, it's knocking out their power, and they're saying, man, I wish I had a sunshine simple solar generator. Um, this is a device that was created by me and my team. 
I, I no longer own the company, as a matter of fact. I sold the company to my partner there, Mobius, uh, and he actually built the machines. And it's, it's so wonderful when we get emails that come in from people who say, like, you know, I have a, a relative that I care for. Like one woman had an elderly mother, and she says she lived, my mother lives by herself, and if, if she can't charge her cell phone, then, you know, she could die because she can't get a hold of anybody if she has an emergency or whatever. And she said, you know, this has been a lifesaver for us having one of these. So it's always just good to remind when the weather's bad. doesn't matter if it's a hurricane or if it's a snowstorm. It, it, look, winter's kicking in early this year. So just go check out the videos there at sunshinesimple.com. Again, that's sunshinesimple.com, and just see for yourself what it's all about. So um, I think I'm going to go off now and get into some more mischief that I'll be able to tell you about tomorrow. Goodness knows there's plenty to be had in this town, and I'm very happy to be here. I'm still not sure how long I will be here, but uh, I'm exploring new things every day, and I also am looking forward to talking with you more about some of these paranormal manifestations that are particularly prominent around the Christmas holiday season. So, uh, again, this podcast is called Joshua P. Warren Daily. And uh, that means I do my best to knock one of these out every day. They are free. They are short. And if you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll see a link there at the top where you can click it and get access to many of these now. You can subscribe through various uh, means like iTunes or Stitcher or on uh, TuneIn. Uh, or you can just follow me on Twitter, and I will tweet when I have new ones as well. So thank you for listening. Thank you for staying curious, and I will talk to you again soon.